Welcome to Conversations on Life, Work, and Love, hosted by coaches Bonnie Blackstone and Ramey Gibbs. Our focus is to give voices to Gen X women and help them achieve a well-lived life. Good afternoon, or should I say good evening to you, Miss Ramey. How are you? Doing good. So we are recording today at a different time for us. It's almost dark outside here. Ah, well, it's um, Seattle, so it's always <laughs> gloomy and almost dark here. But yeah, later in the evening, because we have a special guest, we're going to jump into that in a minute. But um, yeah, always good to shake things up, isn't it? Always. Keeps us on our toes, right? Yeah. So today we're doing one of our favorite things, and that is coaching somebody. We are. We are. We yeah. always enjoy this. Yes, we do. Ramey, do you want to introduce our guest? Yeah. So today we have Kim joining us and Kim and I have a connection in that she takes care of my animals when I go on vacation. And I think she's a very special person because she is able to do that. Um, She approached me with something that makes me sad, but at the same time, I completely understand because I've been there before. So when we were talking and we hung up, I kind of went, you know feel like she needs a little more than just a simple conversation. And I asked her if she'd be willing to come on the show and she agreed to. So here we are. So say hello, Miss Kim. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Kim. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. And of course, um, coaching is a process, but you'd be amazed how much can, how much clarity one can have over just one conversation. So we're really glad you've decided to jump on here, not only just so we can um, do what we love, but hopefully we can give you a little bit of clarity and a little bit of direction and peace of mind after our time together today. Before we jump into the work, um, I always like to start a coaching session with a little bit of um, present moment grounding. So if you two will join me in just closing your eyes, take some deep cleansing breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth or nose, whichever feels right to you. And I want you to pay attention to where you're feeling some tension today. Just breathe into those places and let it go. Breathe in and let it go. Get comfortable in your seat. And as you're taking your deep breaths and bringing yourself to the present moment, set an intention for your session today. Pay attention to what's coming to mind as we go into our session. And let's take a couple more deep breaths. And Kim, when you're feeling ready, just let us know and we'll hop right in. Okay. So what's coming up for you at the tip top of your mind this evening, Kim? All my thoughts always usually. Uh-huh. Little <laughs> jumble. It's trying to, to pick one. Um, what I had talked to Rainy about was like choosing a new career path and kind of feeling <clears throat> lost there. And then of course, the underlying reasons of why I feel lost and the trauma that contributes to that. And okay. It's a lot. 
for one session, but that's what's converging right now. Well, like I said at the beginning, of course, you know, the real work takes time, takes a, a, a lot of work and a lot of commitment, but a lot can be um, at least brought to focus and attention in an hour. So that's what we're here for. Now, you mentioned you wanted a career change and um, you're a pet sitter. Yes. Okay. So I, I own my own pet sitting business. I've been in the industry about um, 10 years. I started in 2013, um, fresh out of college. I have um, a teaching degree um, for early childhood with a specialization in special education, almost an English minor. Um, pet sitting sort of fell into my lap and I loved it. Um, I didn't realize until the last semester of college that teaching was too anxiety inducing <laughs> for me. Um, it was too much. Um, being in control of everything, I think was just, there's a lot of stuff that much like pet sitting, it's not just about teaching the kids. It's not just about caring for the pets. There's a lot of other outlying factors that kind of um, make it a cluster of anxiety for me. Uh-huh. So um, I, uh, I'm at a crossroads again with um, pet sitting and my business because I built it from the ground up um, for the past like eight, eight and a half years um, that I've had my own business. And um, I don't know where to go from here. I kind of feel like I did when I graduated college, the lost feelings that I had then of why I didn't end up liking it. So what do I do now? That's where I am again mm-hmm. now. So yeah. eight and a half years is a long time. And you would say without a doubt that you've reached the end of your experience with the dog sitting, the pet sitting. I feel like I, Ramey would understand there's a lot that I'll miss from it. And there are a lot mm-hmm. of things that I don't want to leave mm-hmm. that I want to keep. I, mean, I, I can imagine. Who I really love that I just want to latch onto their pets because pets, they're like my own. But um, I also know that I have an issue with boundaries. And so um, I feel like, uh, the, the less boundaries I have, the more work I have. And in order to make that stop, the business needs to, to go away. It's become more s- stressful um, than my passion is for it. So it's become more of, I guess, um, a burden than I, than I thought it could be. I miss a lot more than i thought I would when I started out and I didn't have very many clients, you know, I could take the kids with me and this and that. And now they're getting a little bit older. So they're like, Hey, like you're not here for bedtime a lot. And you're not, um, you know, you miss certain parts of the holidays where like I pop in for a bit and then I leave. And so um, I feel like I've abandoned them in a lot of ways to grow this business. But then I feel guilt because I'm going to abandon in the business (laughs) to spend more time with them so it's it's multi-faceted and um frustrating 
Uh, and as a small business owner, yeah, I can set my own hours, but again, that's part of it. The more boundaries I set, the less money I make, I guess, to put it bluntly. That's, um, those are all facts. And you, it sounds to me, if I'm hearing you right, you've reached this different stage in your life. You were, your children are older. You have devoted the time. Now you're pivoting into something else. Uh, You're not quite sure what that is yet. Do you have an idea what you would like to do? No, I mean, I, I feel, um, probably due to past trauma and Mm -hmm. issues that I have with boundaries because of that trauma and self-esteem issues I have because of that trauma. Um, I know that I'm a smart person. I obviously have a degree. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I know that I'm a compassionate person. I'm a good worker. I'm loyal. I'm um, time oriented. I don't know how to translate those into, um, I guess, the real world. Cause I feel like I've been in my own bubble for so long, for a decade now. I've been in my own bubble where a lot of change happens and I do have to go on interviews all the time with, with new clients my schedule changes all the time, but it's a level of change within a certain, um, a certain bubble. So now I feel like I'm, I'm about to pop that bubble and go into the real world. And I don't know how to apply Mm. what I've done past decade to, to like a, a real, a real world job, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before I pass the baton to Ramey, I just want to say that you just gave us a list of who you are, your core values, and I want to applaud you for knowing knowing that about yourself because a lot of people would say, well, I'm a pet sitter. I'm a dog walker. You just gave us, Ramey, how many did she say? She just gave us a list of yeah, at least four truly, for sure. Yeah. So. And yeah. so good for you for knowing that about yourself. That's that's a huge step ahead. I did my resume the other day. So okay, <laughs> well, so good. Friend of mine. Yeah. All right. Well, Cam, I got the resume. Yeah. Did not have those in order. <laughs> I was very stumped when I did the resume. I was like, no, I don't know where to start. The resume helped me come up mm-hmm. with a list. Well, okay, Kim. So I heard a bunch as you started talking, and so I want to try to address as much as we can here. Um, how much are you willing to share right now about what this past trauma is? Oh, I can share. I don't think, I don't think my parents listen to your podcast. Okay. I think I'll be okay. Yeah. Fill us in a little bit on what your past trauma is that you feel has affected your self-worth and self-esteem. So let's see. My, my mother particularly was a product of like a very broken home as a child. Um, there were a lot of divorces and she was never put first or her siblings. Sad situation. I won't jilter for that. I'm aware of it. Um, as a kid, as an adult now, there was nothing I could do to fix that. But that was always brought to the forefront. So her trauma 
emotional baggage was kind of like packaged into these little gift boxes tied up with a bow and put into like every single room of the house or car, wherever it was. And anytime situations came up where she was frustrated or um, inconvenienced or she had to, I guess, put me or my sisters first over what she particularly needed at that moment, the box came out and it was opened. And here were all the reasons why from her trauma, she was allowed to treat you that way or allowed to um, put you on the back burner. And that was in regards to, I don't know, um, like emotionally, um, physically, even when it came to like eating, that was another, that was another thing, you know, um, I think she came from like a, probably, um, like a food insecure home at certain parts, whoever, I think she grew up with her grandma technically, but that trickled over into still life now where if she wants your food, she can eat it. Even if you're a child and you had to cook it for yourself. Um, but you can't eat her food. So my relationship with food is also very um, complicated and weird. And I've been trying yeah. to figure that out for several years, my relationship with food as it pertains to her. So because of that trauma, and that's just her side of the trauma and what was given to me as baggage, almost again as a gift, because she would bring it up. My dad would bring it up. Well, remember, your mom had a hard childhood. Remember, da 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 da. Um, it gave me a lot of self worth issues, self esteem issues, um, boundary issues, and issues of people pleasing, because all I wanted to do was um, make her happy. I wanted my mom to be happy, um, even if she had to stay home, like because I was sick and it was her last sick day that she could take, she was a teacher um, and she had to stay home. I ended up being the one, you know, profusely thanking her or writing her a thank you card or bringing her a cup of tea when I was the one that was sick because she had made me feel so bad for her having to miss work. She's still that way now. She's, she's not gonna change. And that's something that I've um, had to figure out how to deal with to have a relationship with her, but still at arm's length because anytime she comes closer than arm's length, things go sideways. And then also letting my kids have a relationship with her, not knowing any of my baggage because the baggage is mine. It is not theirs. The cycle ends with me as complicated as it has been. The cycle ends with me. My mother was always giving us a laundry list of how she was treated and what her parents did to her and this and that. And, um, I'm going to let them have their own relationship with her as safely as they possibly can. Um, but that was a long story, but it's contributed to boundary issues. So when people ask me, Hey, can you pet sit for me? Hey, can you do a late night? It's always, um, yes. I'll, I'll rearrange my entire life, bend over backwards, you know, make things completely complicated. So that way I can make you, uh, please, please everybody you else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I, I think it's important to start there. So at least we understand what we're 
working with and how to help overcome some of that. So based on what you said there, now we get it. Um, And I see where you're coming from. Um, So the other big thing I heard you say, and this was at the very beginning, was about boundaries and you just reiterated it again. So is the real question situation here, is it that you really want to give up your pet sitting business or is it really that you want to learn how to set boundaries and be able to live within them? It would be really great to set boundaries and be able to live within them. But I also, not that I know everything about myself, I do know myself very well. And it is hard for me to set the boundaries and stick to them because not just my mother, but other relationships that I've had, especially familial ones that, again, I can't necessarily escape so easily because they are family, have had the same boundary um, issues. And, And I think that, again, stems from the fact is when I set the boundary, they're like, for one, I don't care about your boundary. Your boundary's stupid, and I'm going to push it anyway and make you feel terrible or keep nagging at you until your boundary goes away and you do what I want you to do. Pet sitting isn't that way, necessarily. The, the clients that I have are horrible people, um, but I know that I have a serious issue with boundaries and saying no. And then the practical side of it is if I can, if I go back to the way it was in the beginning, sort of when I had just started and my client list was low and I didn't um, have a jam packed schedule all the time, I still have bills to pay. So in in one regard, yes, it's, I love pet sitting and I want to learn how to set more boundaries so that I can keep it. But the other facet is i I want to do something. I just don't know what it is. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yep. Yep. So you've got. <laughs> Sorry. Am I things? talking in circles? No, not at you're all. not. You're not at all. Um, you recognize what's holding you back, which is huge because a lot of people don't. Um, I think the question truly here now is, do you want to let go of the pet sitting business? And if so, Why? Other than the boundaries, there's got to be more than that. Um, Mm -hmm. And what's driving you right now to want to make that change? Um, So it's not, it might seem like a decision that I just came to overnight. I think I'm, I'm, as much as I do have an issue with boundaries, I am very much a person that when I'm done, I'm done. Mm -hmm. But. I didn't come to the decision overnight. It's definitely been something that's building like with every um, major holiday (laughs) where I'm uh, stressed every, um, every summer. Um, And especially since 2021, April 21 is when things kind of went back to normal down here and Mm -hmm. clients just exploded again. And at that point, I pretty much had the same capacity that I do now, which is the most ever. And it was great, but it wasn't sustainable. Um, I don't want employees. Um, I 
when I worked in Katie um, with that pet sitting business, I experienced that even though I wasn't, I was an employee, I wasn't the owner, but I remember the stress that that brought her, which is stress that I don't want. Um, I guess it's become more of, um, it's not as fun as it used to be and juggling it um, with everything else is difficult. Also, another big part of it is it would be nice to, like there's a beauty in owning your own business, being your own boss, right? Absolutely. Yeah. But it's me and it's myself and it's I, <laughs> and there's no one else. So even I can't shut off. I can never shut off whether it, which probably has to do with my anxiety, but even when I'm on vacation, it's, it's hard to shut off because I'm constantly, you know, no matter what um, notifications I put on my emails or on my voicemail or on my messenger, people are still going to be like, Hey, can you come pet sit for me this weekend? I've never met you. Here's the key to my house. Um, I'm, I'm always <laughs> constantly, constantly going. And aside the crazies aside, yes, pet sitting is fun, but it is very stressful because I feel like, um, I bring my work home all the time because my work is my work is at other people's houses, but it's also at home on my laptop and on my phone on anytime anyone calls me to ask for a pet sit. So that's another part of it is just the stress, the all encompassing stress that never right. seems that to wasn't. dissipate. The responsibility is 24 seven. It is because mm-hmm. you're responsible for those pets when the people are out of town and ultimately that does fall on your shoulders. So I totally get it. Um, yeah. So, and, yeah. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Ramey. Go ahead, Ronnie. I, <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, as a business owner, you nailed it. You you bring it home, particularly, I mean, even if you did have a storefront, you lock that door and you get in your car and drive home, there's still invoicing, there's marketing, marketing there's scheduling. all the things, scheduling. Um, and I keep hearing from you, boundaries, of course. And stress and time, those words have come up a lot. And you said, when I'm done, I'm done. And boy, do I get that. You you reach that expiration date where you just got to pour that milk down the drain because you're done. Um, so let's... But it's, it's a baby too. It's like, you know. Yeah, yeah. I built it from and nothing. yes, absolutely. So it's hard so. to to let go of that. Why do? What is it about it that m- makes it hard to let go of? When you think in terms of this is my baby, I built it. Um, is it pride? All the, the pets for sure. Okay. That yes, yeah. There's a lot of pride there because. Sure. Um, I had mentioned to Ramey in a phone conversation before. And again, this goes back to my parents. I know I'm an adult. I'm in my thirties, but my parents are also from a generation, I guess, where they never, they never stopped parenting. They never came to the realization. My child is on their own. I'm going to let them fly. My parents aren't like, (laughs) they're still very much like, well, you're doing it wrong. You're doing what you're doing is wrong. And you need to do it the way that I said, because it's wrong. And let me show you. They're also in the generation where 
even if they're unhappy in their career, chose the career and that is it. Mm-hmm. So there is definitely a sense of ironic to my business because in terms of my parents and in terms of also myself and the fact that my family, my side of the family, not my husband, my side of the family, you went to school to be a teacher, but you're a quitter because you're a pet sitter now. So I already have that, that one thing. And then when I turn around and let go of this business that it took me so many years to build. So you built a business and you have every right to have that sense of pride in it. Um, It sounds Mm -hmm. quite successful. But what I keep hearing again is your concern with um, what others think of you. Those boundaries keep oh, coming yes. up again. I, ha- I have a major issue with what other people oh. think of me. <laughs> oh, well, I of course, yes. And it is a different generation. Um, parents don't stop parenting. Generations work in the same miserable career until they're handed their retirement And then maybe if they're lucky, they live another five years so they can enjoy that retirement. But things have changed. And, you know, we will just tell you, you are 100% allowed to make that change. Yeah. And it would be easy for us to say, you know what? Who cares what they think? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because it's true. I mean, who cares? But you care. So the key here is to get you to stop caring so much that it keeps you from moving forward yeah right that's the other thing is thinking what what are my clients gonna think and how are they gonna feel and will they feel abandoned because it is abandonment in in a sense they're gonna Um, be bummed it is they're gonna be bummed yet (laughs) they'll recover sure they will so So, that's kim the one of the big things when we come from a life from of chaos, when it's caused by our parents, is to realize at some point that this is your life. It's not theirs. And you have to be able to accept what happened, but also let go. And I feel like you are at the point where this might be the next step for you is to Mm -hmm. let go and forgive. And the forgiveness is hard, but it's kind of where you, what you, I feel, need to be able to do in order to move forward with your life. How does, when you hear that, how does it make you feel? I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Um, usually I forgive, you know, pretty quickly, um, except when it comes to her. Yep. And so when we talk about forgiveness, it's not saying it's okay. It's not saying that at all. It's not giving her permission to continue to hurt you. What it's doing is breaking that chain that binds you. So one of the ways that I was able to do this with my family was if you picture a balloon 
and you're being, you've held on to it and you've held on to it and you've held on to it. And all of a sudden you cut the rope. And now that balloon floats away and you're left to be you and everything else goes away. So all the junk, all the garbage, all the, you know, you're not enough, you've been in my way, um, all of that goes away because now you have Kim and Kim gets to do what Kim wants to do for her and for her family. It takes work and it's not easy, but how does that sound to you? Is that something that you might want to work on? <laughs> it's scary, Kim. It really scary. is. It's also making me think of Winnie the Pooh and the balloon scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know I'm a Winnie the Pooh fan, so yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It um it sounds wonderful and scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is kind of until you go. Whew! Yeah. Because it's like this huge relief of all right, I'm free. They can still be alive, but they're, you're not any longer bound to what happened to you as a child. And you're no longer bound to their trauma. Mm-hmm. And you can start to deal with yours and move on with your life. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I'd love to work with you on outside of this, but just have that in the back of your mind here. Cause I know you really want to focus. I think there were two things you said in your paperwork. And as we came online here, one was trying to start to build your self-worth. And that is part of that. You have to be able to let go before you can move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other piece of this, and I know you listening to, you've done a lot of work on who you are. So you have a good sense of that. And the more you break that down, the more you'll be able to figure out what's right for you as far as a mm-hmm. career pivot goes. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of things here that if we make the connection between teaching and animals that you can connect dots to. Um, but let's let's talk a little bit more about um, maybe when you were a kid, what did you see yourself being? Oh, Lord. Um, I wanted to be an actress. Not doing that. <laughs> I wanted to star um, sketch comedy also. I wanted to be a teacher for sure because that's what my parents did. Um, I wasn't, I will say, I wasn't really allowed to see past that, um, literally. So when I went to college and I had, you know, career choices in front of me, it was you're a teacher, whether or not it was outrightly intended or not. It was, you're a teacher, you're going to be a teacher because we're teachers and that's what we do and you're great at it. So that's what you should do. I found out through college, number one, that I should have tried a few more majors (laughs) and number two, that you can be good at something that you don't like. You can be good you can be amazing at something that gives you too much anxiety to be worth it. And I realized that the last semester. Now, I think if I had gotten, you know, a degree in something else and then gone that pathway with whatever that degree was, 
then my family and everyone who gives me flack about it still would be like, oh, okay, because I got a degree in that. But because I got a teaching degree and then became a pet sitter, they're like, well, you're not fulfilling your your dream here. And I'm like, no, but that wasn't the dream. I just found out way too late. That wasn't the dream. Well, that was Um, their dream. That was their dream, not yours. Yeah. So, um, I, uh, I had wanted to do wedding planning. I, I tried, I sort of did some party planning with my cousin, but that didn't, um, that did not pan out. Um, that business did not pan out. Um, for other reasons that I don't want to get into now, but um, writing is something else I've always loved. Before teaching was ever a thing, I wanted to um, be a writer. Um, and the self-worth also ties into that because it's like, what if I'm not good enough? Because I look back at things I wrote, you know, in my portfolio 10 years ago, and I'm like, there should have been a comma there. I should have cut that short. You know, I'm always editing and, and picking at, um, how I could have made it better. So I don't know if I'd be good enough for, or what I would uh, do in that Avenue professionally, I guess, other than freelance. Yeah. There's so many things you can do with writing, but you need a portfolio to get started with that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So Bonnie, what do you think here? I almost feel like, we should maybe do the Ikigai experience at this point, at least to get her started. What do you think? Well, that's it crossed my mind too, as I am sitting here listening to, to you, Kim, talk about your degree in education and how, as you were going through college, discovered quickly that that wasn't your path. That was somebody else's path. It wasn't for you. It was anxiety ridden. And what I was picking up on is maybe you are also seeing it as a waste of time. Um, And I'd like to explore within that realm of what you learned in your education. What are some other valuable things you can take away from that degree? Aside from sitting in a classroom, I mean, there I don't have a degree in education, so I don't know what all is involved, but there has to have been a wealth of experience and knowledge that you could pull from. And going in the direction Ramey's talking about, finding your passion and, and letting go of what you tried that didn't work, because that's what life's all about. As you get older, you're going to try something that didn't work. I'm going to try something else that didn't work. Let's get in touch with, first of all, the Ikigai is going to help you uncover what your passion is. You named a few, but you've also given us some reasons why they won't work. Right. right. Um, yeah. I've, I've been going on TikTok and Google, Googling uh, what a uh, other professions exist for that require a teaching certificate, but aren't in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of it is like writing curriculum or um, things like that. Pet sitting was one of them owning your own, <laughs> owning your own business. So, Hey, there's a connection there. I can tell mm-hmm. my parents that, right? See, TikTok said um, <laughs> photography was another thing that I always loved. Um, but um I don't know Photoshop 
and I don't have a fancy camera, but I do love taking pictures. Um, in terms of education, um, Oh my gosh, I'm trying to think as I, I feel like uh, a lot of times teaching is packaged also in a way where it's like you're a teacher now, you're going to be a teacher and that's all you're going to do. And you're going to do it for 40 years and then and then you'll be done. I feel like they package it that way. And, you know, unless you want to become a principal um, or a counselor. Um, I'm trying to think. Really so with education, what about a trainer? So every company has someone that trains their teams, whether it's customer service or it's sales or whatever it is, they all have trainers and trainers are people that come from education, right? Um, what about even a dog trainer? I mean, you know, somebody that is a dog trainer that could probably train you to train. Um, there's a lot you could do with that. Um, now that would have you still working for yourself, but, and there's a lot of other organizations that do training independently. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I so enjoy that, customer service, even though that might sound very masochistic. I do enjoy customer service. I do enjoy that. Um, I, my fear, I guess, in finding a new career again is finding one where the, the success or the money I bring home each month is determined, you know, primarily by the number of clients I have. So that's another. Well, that's a very real reality. Yeah. You have a family to take care of. So you can't just throw caution to the wind. You have yeah. bills to pay, as you told us. Yeah. I think what we would really like to see you do is expand that window and look at other opportunities. Um, but that's, that's a big picture. Where, where do you feel you need to start today? What is step one in your mind? Oh gosh. Well, if I was, I like to get things done and I, I'm a go-getter. And so step one in my mind is I need to go find a job, but I know that I can't, I'm not quite there to do that. I've, I've gotten like, I've got my resume, I've got my LinkedIn profile, but I don't really know what I'm looking for yet. I know that I need to open another door and that the door exists, but I don't know what the door looks like. <laughs> Mm -hmm. where the door is located. So I can't kick in the door, put my foot in the door until I figure out what the heck it looks like. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I would need to figure out what it is that still um, gives me passion. And then I'm good at outside of pet sitting that also um, comes with a job title. Do you happen to have pen and paper handy? <clears throat> I have my phone. Okay. So I'm going to have you look this up and I'll send it to you too. But if we can get you started on this a little bit, maybe, and this is the Ikigai formula. So I think based on what you just said, this is, will help you kind of figure out, it's a simple formula to help you start to figure out where to go next. Mm -hmm. Um and basically what it is, is what Ikigai is essentially your purpose. And it's just a terminology. It's a Japanese terminology. 
Um, so there's four pillars to this. And the first one, so if you were to start writing, you would say, what are you good at? So that would be your first pillar. Okay. And so then you can just start listing things. Um, your next pillar would be, what do you love? And when you do that, it it doesn't have to be 100% focused on work. It can be other things that you love, but with work in mind that you can somehow connect, right? So if you were to say, I love dogs, you would put that there. Mm -hmm. I love the theater. You would put that there, um, whatever it may be. The next pillar would be, what does the world need? So when we're talking about the world, it doesn't have to be big picture. It could be our community. It could be your family, whatever it is. But it's something that you have recognized that is needed and that you could potentially affect. And the last pillar is, what can you be paid for? Yeah. That's the big one. What will people pay me for? <clears throat> You'd be surprised, Kim. Yeah, you would. <laughs> you would. Yeah. And so once you have those four things, where they all kind of intersect mm -hmm. is where you will find your purpose. Okay. And those are the purpose there is where you go, okay, this is what I need to pursue. And you'll probably end up with two or three different things. I know when Bonnie and I did this, what the where I ended up, which is my ultimate goal with, with coaching, is to host retreats and exotic locations that somehow incorporate um, volunteering, giving back to communities, and mm -hmm. especially to um, some sort of animal organization, whatever it may be, whether it's... Um, a rescue or, you know, if it's giving back to working with elephants or wherever, depending on where that location is. So what that combines, right, it combines my passion for travel, it combines my love for animals, and my desire to help people be the best version of themselves through coaching. Mm -hmm. So, so that's kind of what you're trying to do, right, is come up with that, how do I incorporate as many aspects of these things mm -hmm. into a job? And then once you know what that is, you can either create the job or go find the job. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And, and I would throw in, Kim, as you're doing this work, let go of any preconceived notions of what you think others expect or want of you. Let go of the coulda, woulda, shoulda of your education, let go of what your family will think and really have fun exploring what's inside of you and take your time. The, the answers will come when you do that, but just you're not hurting anybody. You're not losing anything by really tuning in to who you are and what you want. And then you can logically put it together, but have fun with it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And this, this isn't your, you're not in a dire situation right now. And that's the big thing you have to keep in mind. You still have a business. You still have clients. You still have income coming in. Nothing yeah. has happened yet yeah. to, to pull everything away. Only you can do that at this point, right? Yeah. You're the one that gets to pull the plug. 
And so don't let yourself get overly freaked out because you're not there. You get to choose and you don't have to quit until you have something else, until you know what that something else is. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And who knows what you're going to come up with? You know, on that note, though, let's talk about you're clearly anxious and you're clearly ready to do something. Like you said, I want to kick in the door, but I can't find it. I don't know what the door looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some things, a couple things you can do right now with the situation you've got, your business, what are some steps you can take that will start to ease some of that anxiety and give you a little bit of breathing room? In relationship to the business? In in business or, the, yeah, let's well, just talk about business. Maybe that's yeah. the most um, tangible the thing for you right now to start with. What are some things you can do to give yourself some space? Boundaries, Boundaries. or backing off or yeah. whatever you need to do. Reducing your clients, choosing different clients, picking your clients. You know, that was yeah. a big thing I did when I was doing it. I was super selective on who I would take. Because yeah. I didn't want that burden. I didn't I didn't want to deal with somebody who left their dogs outside and then I would be worried about them getting out or yeah. weather or whatever. So Yeah. I I started saying I um I started saying that, you know, I wasn't taking on any more new clients. So I started doing that. That okay. has significantly reduced my stress because yeah. again, old me would be like, okay, well, I'm going to have to figure out how to sign this client before they leave and rearrange my schedule. So that might, that's, that's how I operated for the past, um, eight and a half years. So I started doing that, that has made it less stressful. And I started telling clients, even good ones who I have more guilt over saying no to no, um, you know, if I'm not available or if it's going to cause me way too much stress or the kids too much stress juggling with school, um, I'm, I'm saying no now. It's hard. It gives me lots of anxiety sweat, but in the end, I feel better. So yeah. Yeah. that's it's, been helping. It's a muscle that has to be exercised like any other muscle and good for you for starting to say no. And the more you do that, the more you will realize your value. Um, I am guessing that you, because it sounds like you're putting heart and soul into this business, that you're probably undervaluing yourself, mm-hmm. even absolutely, even financially. I mean, there's oh, yeah. a possibility that you could lower your workload and raise your revenue. Um, You know, as you're looking at your talents, your desires, your ultimate goals, you know, what sets you apart? What could you maybe put into this business that might bring you more joy, that adds more value, places you in a different position than than the other pet sitter in town? Raise your prices. Reduce your hours. There's, I worked with a massage therapist who, uh, we, we went through this very similar thing. She's like, I don't have enough time in the day, but I feel guilty. I don't want to work on a Saturday, but it's the only time they are available. And, yeah, uh, you know, and she wasn't charging enough money for one thing. Um, 
the same thing yeah. though. I feel so bad telling them, no, they're counting on me. And mm-hmm. I get it. They, the clients know how to lay on the guilt really. Oh yeah. Um, People really in well. general um, do. But in terms of prices too, there are other things that come into that, of course, Uh, Mm -hmm. like just the um, economics down here. I know um, what people can pay and what people won't. But I also could give you a list of clients right now that um, I know who I would keep and throw all the others away (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and who might actually be willing to pay more. But I've also through a lot of a lot of thought come to the realization that I I don't I don't know that being a millionaire pet sitter that I would still want to do it okay raising my prices that I would still want to do it okay, okay. because I, I guess maybe I'm just burnt out maybe I'm coming off the summer and I'm super burnt out I'm usually very burnt out by August mm. but yeah. the burnout seems different this year than it has in past years. Yeah. And I would pay attention to that. (laughs) What are you feeling? Are you tired? Do you need a vacation? Or is this the pivotal moment where you change careers? Yeah. And both things are fine. Mm -hmm. But it does sound like you keep leaning towards, I need something new. Yeah. I think, I think that is what I'm leaning towards because it's just, um, it's been a beautiful story for sure. A beautiful mm-hmm. chapter um, that I'm going to be really sad to let go of. Um, but I feel like that's where I am right now. I just got to figure out where the new door is. Yeah. I need to work on a portfolio. Um, because again, I know that I'm a smart person. <laughs> That can that can be paid my worth. I feel like I guess it's just not that I wouldn't experience this, you know, I keep saying in the real world, but like in the corporate world or, or whatever you call it, um, not being paid my worth. I know that that can happen there. I just feel like it. it's less likely for me to run into the same problem again because I'm I won't be it won't be based on how I value myself. Um, so again, that, that is part of it, the self-worth and knowing my own value, um, that has contributed to why my business is the way that it is (laughs) because, um, of that whole jumble of self-esteem and self-worth stuff that I feel like I've been working through my entire life and I get a little bit better Every five years, I feel like I make some progress. Hmm. I realize a couple more things, but it definitely um, has impacted it my did. career. Yeah, it can take a lifetime, Kim. I mean, uh, as we, you know, the five years, the ten years go around. You're a, you're a step further, and the more you learn. And the more you can apply, maybe you can speed up that progress in what you learn, but it doesn't happen overnight. Ramey and I will tell you that from experience. That <laughs> no, we're all works in progress. Absolutely. Sure. So don't expect anything overnight, but do take one step at a time and figure out what those steps are that you're comfortable starting with. Um. I love this Ikigai journey for you to discover what it is that 
really interests you? What lights you up? I think you actually used that phrase in your intake paperwork that you sent Ramy and I, you want more out of life, you know, what lights you up? Yeah. And that's ultimately, that's what we all want and we all deserve. Right. Yeah. Photography and writing are two of the things that have always made me light up. And so, but I think those are also very scary to me because again, all I can think of is like, starting over is a new business that I have to build clients with, but for sure, those are, those are two of the biggest things aside from pet sitting. I could send a, a spend an entire pet sit, just taking pictures of the dog, trying to get the right lighting at the right angle and to mm-hmm. get it to look, you know, I love, that's the one thing that I love the most about posting on Facebook or whatever social media is getting to share the pictures that I take of the pets, but that's just with a smartphone. So, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good photography out there with these newer smartphones. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's some yeah. good stuff. And you know, Kim, this is still working for yourself, but there's something called a virtual assistant that would encompass all of that. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but you know, different VAs do different things. So make that on your note to research what a a virtual assistant is, but a lot of them do social media posting. A lot of them do photography. A lot of them do writing, you know, you'd be writing blogs and social media posts and this sort of thing. Um, So that's another avenue again, it's self-employed, but I know you said you did, well, you didn't say it here, but you said it to to me that you would prefer to um, work from home. Work from home. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and there are jobs out there that you can work from home um, working for someone else, but that's, you know, I don't know how much more security there is in that than working for yourself. Um, Right. I feel like sometimes at the, at the base of it, I just don't know what to Google. You know, I don't know what the name of the job it is that I'm looking for, but if you tell me what the name is, you know, then I can Google it and I can see if that works, but it's, I guess I'm kind of literal in that way. So, um, that's what I'm trying to figure out as well. And I think the guide will help me figure that out. So that way, maybe I know what correct words to Google in terms of, uh, Definitely. Definitely. Um, once you figure out what it is that lights you up, what are you interested in? You, you can plug it in, you know, give me a career that includes A, B, and C. Yep. Even use, um, uh, (laughs) I was just going to say that. Yes. Have you played with that yet, Kim? Chat, but what? Chat GPT. It's the new AI. You you'll have fun oh, with that okay. once you figure it out. Yep. Chat GPT new. It's the new AI. Is that the one that'll write you like a that'll write you the perfect blog post? Yeah. Or social it'll media post. It'll write you a song. Or... It'll it, it it'll does write anything. Want. Everything. A dear John letter. I have <laughs> it. A resume. My friends... 
she's used it over the phone before and it, it had told her I, that's too personal it said something like that's too personal and i can't badger people or i don't know well, good. it's, it's an anti-bully that's yeah, good an well good i'm happy to hear that i don't think yeah. anyone needs uh, any assistance in bullying i think we got that now yeah, um, so funny but it's all right, Kim. So yeah. I think we're at the point we need to kind of try to wrap this up yes. for you. So let's tell us a couple of things that you are going to work on for yourself and get yourself moving forward. I'm going to work on the guide for sure. Okay. Um, try and know what I need to focus on. Um, I feel like that'll give me a map. Um I need to make a portfolio, especially regardless if I'm doing writing or photography, it would require a portfolio. Yes, so I need to would. work on that. Um, and I keep, I keep seeing the balloon that you said. Mm, yeah. And that other, that's what I'm fixating on right now. So, okay. um, figuring out um, how to pop the balloon. Okay. And not being afraid, I guess, of what comes out of it. I'm assuming in, in your scenario, it's just helium. But in my scenario, it might <laughs> She's be a water stabbing balloon. it. <laughs> You're stabbing I, at me? I just cut the, I cut yeah. it and let it go. You cut it. Oh, that's yeah. true. You cut that's the rope. Right. I could do that instead of popping it. If that, if that is a better um, visualization, yeah. Yeah. go ahead and you pop you. that thing. Yeah. Yeah. The the little bit of difference for yours and mine was that my mom has passed. So I had to just let it go. Yeah. Um, that's where yours right. is slightly different. Um, I'm yeah. gonna look for a meditation for you that actually helps you visualize it. So I will look at for that and send it to you. Thank you. Yeah, I like that. Um yeah, with that, there's like a whole grieving process that's happened. There is weird because she's still here. But, but you I will grieve I've, it. Yep. It's grieving what what you never had could have been, yeah, mm-hmm. and what wasn't yeah. was yeah. never yeah. gonna happen, never gonna be, yeah, yeah. yeah. That it, boundaries work is the hardest work. I swear, it oh, really it is, is. It, because there's so much baggage involved. But and, the more and, you practice it, and the tiny steps, and the more clarity you get about the direction you want to go, the easier it's going to get. Yeah. Yeah. And the other piece of boundaries that is challenging is we do it wrong because the boundary is about you. It's not about the other people. And I heard you say that they didn't, people didn't follow your boundaries because it's not on them. It's on you. Mm -hmm. And that's a complicated thing to understand too. So we'll have to work on that as well. (laughs) (laughs) There's a ton of material out there. Yeah, there is. Um, what is your biggest takeaway from our time together, Kim? Oh, well, um, I guess I've, I, so I've done counseling before, uh, as a child, um, family counseling, couples counseling, and I haven't done it in a long time. So it has reminded me, although this is a little bit different, you're not a psychiatrist, but still in a similar vein, um, I feel lighter. So thank Good. you. Good. Good. No, absolutely. Yeah. I know everything's not resolved, obviously. That can't happen immediately, but I definitely feel um, lighter. And I have, yeah. I still have a lot of the same questions, but they feel less daunting now. The first step is opening up 
your mouth, sharing your story and getting those words out. And it is a huge weight off your shoulders just to start, but we really appreciate you being so open and vulnerable with us. I know it wasn't easy. Um, I only cried like five times. So it's okay. I, I know. Oh, oh and we turned your video off so we couldn't see you. So Thank you goodness. I'd have been crying too. I am a crier. Um, but good for you. Let it out, let it out and just keep doing this work. Um, rein it in, pull on yourself and uh, practice that no muscle. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Deep breaths. Deep breaths. (laughs) You did. You did great. I usually hold my breath, which is another problem. So the breathing exercises help. (laughs) Oh yeah. 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 All right. Well, Kim, we wish you much success and we're here if you need us and I will send you a couple pieces of homework to work on. Mm-hmm. And we'd, we'd love to hear how it's going for you. So let us know um, when you're feeling good about it. Drop us an email chit chat with Ramey. She can pass it on to me, but um, I'd love to hear how it's going for you. Yes, for sure. Okay. I will. All right. I love your sign. We also serve tacos. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) that's what we do in this house. (laughs) Okay. We have to, let's read it out loud. So it says, as for me and my house, we we will will serve serve tacos. tacos. (laughs) Salsa salsa. 24 (laughs) seven. And Hey, it's taco Tuesday for that matter. So that's perfect. Now I know what's for dinner. (laughs) I know what my boys will eat. So, yeah. All right, Kim. Thank you so much. And, thank you for um, having me. All right. And I love that she brought up the fact that she'd been to counseling and she recognized the difference in what we were doing. So for those of you listening to us, there is a huge difference in therapy versus coaching. While there are some similarities, you, you may have noticed we pulled a little bit of Kim's past. We got into her story. And the reason we do that is so that we can see what those roadblocks are moving forward. So Kim, again, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that part of yourself with us. That's all part of the journey. Thank you. All right. Okay. Thanks everyone. We'll talk to you again soon. Join us every Thursday for more conversations on life, work, and love. And when you're ready to find your own voice and your own path towards a well-lived life, we'd love to be your coaches. Reach out to us through our websites. You'll find me, Ramey, at renovatedrealities.com. And you'll find me, Bonnie, at bonnieblackstone.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to review, rate, and follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.